Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. One more item. Black Pond Press, the publisher of 45 Years of the Rockford Files, Maverick, Legend of the West, Radio Honey, and many other titles, has announced its very first Black Friday, Cyber Monday promotion. Order a copy of any of Black Pond's available titles from Amazon.com or any retailer on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Send the dated receipt to Black Pond Press, and you will receive a bonus gift related to the title that you purchase. If you order a copy of 45 Years of the Rockford Files or Maverick Legend of the West on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. You'll be treated to a PDF copy of an original signed series script. For details and more information, visit the Black Pond press page on Facebook or Instagram. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Daphne Maxwell-Reed will join us in our second hour. Daphne Maxwell-Reed. Aunt Viv on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and an actress whose many other movie and TV credits include Sister, Sister, Jacqueline and Jilly, Simon and Simon, and WKRP in Cincinnati. Many of the surviving cast members of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air recently got together for a cast reunion that will air Thanksgiving weekend on HBO Max. We'll ask Daphne about that. Daphne also has a new Christmas movie premiering on BET Plus. We'll ask her about that as well. Daphne Maxwell-Reed will join us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. Our second hour will also include part two of a conversation that began last week with actor and comedian Tom Dreesen. Tom will give us some insight on how to find your own voice as a stand-up comedian. He'll also tell us a story about a great bit of advice that Jack Betty gave Tom very early in his career. We'll play part two of our conversation with Tom Dreesen in our second hour. Hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we'll begin this hour by welcoming Emmy-nominated writer, producer, actor, and playwright Billy Van Zandt. As a playwright, Billy, along with his longtime writing and producing partner Jane Milmore, co-wrote 25 plays that have been produced many times over all over the world, including Silent Laughter, You've Got Hate Mail, Drop Dead, and The Boomer Boys, Musical. As a producer, Billy received an Emmy nomination for his work on I Love Lucy, the very first show, the acclaimed CBS special that not only introduced TV audiences to the Lost Pilot episode of I Love Lucy, but was the first show that really showed viewers what a genius and visionary Desi Arnaz was and the many innovations he originated that are now standard practice in television today. Billy Van Zandt also received a People's Choice Award, a PRISM Award, and two NAACP Image Awards for producing Martin and the Hughleys, while his other writing and production credits include New Heart, Anything But Love, Daddy Dearest, Suddenly Susan, and the Wayans Brothers. Billy Van Zandt just released a memoir of his career in Hollywood that is part gossip, part textbook, but 100% truth will tell you where you can find in just a second. Billy Van Zandt, welcome to TV Confidential. Thank you very much, Ed. I'm exhausted from that. (laughs) (laughs) I get that all the time from my guests, but there's 
there is so much. I mean, one one of the fun things about doing this, Billy, is learning things about the guests that I didn't know about. And because there's so much, there's so much you want to cover, but so many little times. Sometimes, sometimes I overdo it on the, on the introduction. But it just it just shows how excited I am to get a chance to talk to you. I love it. Thank you. There are several episodes in your life involving Lucille Ball, many of which you share in your book, the name of which is Get in the Car, Jade, and we'll, get, and we'll explain the title of that in just a second. But uh, there are many stories in your life involving Lucy Ball. Just how influential was Lucy to you? Completely. Completely. When I was a little kid, I used to watch, watch her six times a day, if it was on six times a day back in New Jersey. And I, I zeroed in on the fact that that was the kind of comedy I wanted to do, and I knew I wanted to perform. So I studied everything she did, all her timing. I studied the writers. I studied the structure of their scripts. And without knowing it, I studied how to produce a show from Jesse Arnaz and Jeff Oppenheimer. So they were everything about that show and the Lucy show that followed it were, were the biggest influences on me about going into show business. And then I had the, the extreme pleasure to finally meet her and, and ultimately get to work with her in a little bit part on her last TV show. You not only had a chance to get to know her and work with her, you did something that I'm not sure I'm not sure you can get away with today, but times were different back in the 1980s. You sort of willed your way onto a closed set. I did. I did. My friend Ann Dusenberry was in Jaws 2 with me. That was my first movie as an actor. And uh, she got cast as Lucy's daughter on uh, Life with Lucy. So uh, she invited me to come out and, and you know, watch the rehearsal and, and all that. So I flew out, and I, I arrived in time to find out it was a closed set. Nobody was allowed in the, in the uh, sound stage at all. So I snuck up to the bleachers anyway. And uh, 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 Lucy came into the sound stage because they were about to do a table reading of the next script. And I saw her whisper something to Anne, and Anne whispered something to her. And Lucy looked up and saw me in the bleachers, and I thought, oh, God, I'm going to get fired, and I'm going to get... I mean, I'm going to get kicked out, and I'm going to get Anne fired. And instead, Lucy just walked up to the edge of the bleachers and looked up at me and said, Hi, Billy, I heard you were coming. <laughs> and for the rest of the week, for the rest of the week, I was, it, it was still a closed set, with one exception, me. I got to sit in the audience and watch her work, and man, was that exciting. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, there, a lot, a lot of people have compared her to Chaplin because, you know, she was such a genius, but what I had, I, I never made the connection until I read this in your book. Is she had a lot of Buster Keaton in her because she rehearsed so many, all, all of the physical bits, especially so that they seem so seamless, and that is straight from Keaton. Yes, when when she was at MGM, he was uh, he was hired to to do gags for people, and he did little bit parts over there. But his career as a big silent screen legend was over at that point. But he took her under his wing, and he taught her, and he and he, and he taught her a lot, and. The main thing he taught her was that it's all about your props. You better, you know, work with them and work with them and work with them so it looks so it looks spontaneous when in fact you've worked every single thing out. One of my favorite lines in the book, and I, if I remember correctly, you say this while talking about Lucy in in particular, but it applies to all funny people in general. Every comedian is born hearing a certain rhythm. I believe that's true. I believe that's true, and I think that's why I, I zoned in on her, because I think everybody's born 
comedy is all about uh, music, really. It's a, it's a rhythm. And uh, I think the people that you're attracted to, if you're, if you're in this business, the people you're originally attracted to have that same rhythm going on in their head, except, you know, Lucy was a master at, at it, and I was a student. And, uh, but I think that's why I zoomed in on her. Billy, you started as a student. You, I, I think it's safe to say you're now a master. Billy Van Zandt's uh, memoir, Get in the Car, Jane, Adventures in the TV Wasteland, is an insightful guide to writing and producing sitcoms that not only provides a front row seat to the absurdity that often goes on behind the scenes of network TV production, but also provides useful tips on how to deal with the day-to-day frustrations of, of whatever you do in life, um, you know, whether, whether you work in television or, or, or whatever you do in life. Get in the Car Jane Adventures in the TV Wasteland is available in paperback and as an ebook through Amazon.com as well as Van Zant. Millmore.com and wherever books are sold online. Van Zant is spelled V-A-N-Z-A-N-D-T, as in little Stevie Van Zant, who is your is your half brother or your brother? Uh, we just say brother, but half brother. Yeah. Okay, a uh, little Stevie Van Zant, your brother, and Sam Van Zant, who I don't think you're related to, but Sam Fa- Sam Van Zant was a great, he's a legendary radio personality up in the San Francisco Bay Area where I grew up. Uh, VanZantMillmore.com, Amazon.com, where books are sold online. You can follow Billy Van Zant on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, the backstory of I Love Lucy, the first show, is, is is also pretty amazing. My favorite part is how you got Lucy Arnez on board. I understand she was reluctant at first until she realized that this was a special that honored Desi as well as Lucy. Yeah, we found the pilot, and we were doing an hour-long special to, to show it for the first time. And I needed to fill in uh, extra time because the, the show, the, the film itself, was only maybe 35 minutes long, and we had a full hour. So I wanted somebody to narrate, and I wanted to cast uh, Lucy Arnaz to do it, but her mother had just died the last year, and I thought it was tasteless, so I didn't ask. And uh, instead, what happens is our script had to be approved by the estate of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, because we to, to show the footage, we, you had to get permission from the people in the footage, I guess. So uh, we sent her the script. And she had to read it anyway, and she called up and she said, uh, I want to host this, otherwise I'll pick at the studio. <laughs> and we said, fine. Because we, what, I, what I tried to do, and I, I, I meant this from the heart, is um, I wanted to pay tribute to her dad. And she said this is the first time anybody's paid attention to her father 
other than calling him uh, her mother's straight man. And he was so influential. Every every sitcom that's done today owes him a debt of thanks. He, you know, he with uh, with other people, you know, his his uh, director of photography, etc. Uh, he he created the sitcom as we know it today with the multi cameras and the lights and the uh, he invented the rerun because he he shot I Love Lucy on film, which hadn't been done before. So he he had a product that he could uh, rerun and over and over and over. And not only that, but Desilu Productions was what it was one of the major players in the first, uh, I would say, the first two decades of television. Desi was one of the was one of the true independent producers of television. And when they eventually uh, sold the studio to Paramount, they they sold the studio to Paramount. But before they did that, uh, there was there were a couple little properties called Mission Impossible and Star Trek, which would not have gotten yeah. on the air were it not for Desilu Productions. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And uh, and boy, I'm glad about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is uh, what I like about uh, Get in the Car, Jane. Is it's it's episodic. I mean, there's there's a through line to the narrative, but it's episodic in that it is it is based on your firsthand recollections of of, of journals that you kept. At the time you were producing and writing these shows, when did you start keeping journals? Uh, I never kept a journal before I guessed it on the Life with Lucy show, and that I just I wrote stuff down because a, a newspaper back home wanted to do a story about it. But once we got Newhart, once I started with Bob Newhart, I started keeping journals mostly because our our days were so busy. I wanted to be able to tell people what was going on <laughs> back home, you know. And so uh, the book is designed where every chapter is a different show I worked on, and mm-hmm. you sort of see me as a very uh, naive writer, and then you see I mean, learn the process of how this works and you know, how to run a show and everything by the end of the book. But um, I, I really had fun writing, and I mostly wrote it for my kids because they never knew what I did at the studio. They knew I made TV shows, but they didn't know the process. They knew my plays because they would come to the theater and they'd see the whole rehearsal and they'd been understand that. But I wanted to write this for my kids, and then it took off and had a life of its own and ended up with a, a beach read or a pandemic read or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would add it's a fun read. It's, it, it, there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of moments that will uh, that, make you laugh out loud as they did me. Get in the car, Jane, Adventures in the TV Wasteland, available in paperback and as an ebook through Amazon.com, Van Zandt. Millmore.com, wherever books are sold online. You can follow Billy Van Zandt on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. You say there are three things you learn the most from your experience in TV, one of which is no one knows anything, the second of which is be sure, whatever you do, please the audience, and the third is trust your instincts. I would add a fourth, Billy, and and that would be don't be afraid to quit. That's right. (laughs) And maybe maybe that's an offshoot of number three, Uh, but what what I admired about you and Jane is that in an industry where jobs are at a premium and at a time when it was still a three-network universe, which which, which TV was at the time you and Jane started writing for television, you were never afraid to walk away from a situation that 
was bad and you knew it was, was only going to get worse. And that's not something that's taught in any sort of business school, but sometimes you need to you, you need to recognize the wisdom of cutting your losses. Yeah, and uh, and I will say I was younger, and I was uh, you know I had a, a nice healthy ego too, so I was like, it was their loss, not mine, you know. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I, I I I've always thought of live by life is too short, and if you're not going to have fun, change the direction of what's going on. That's all. Uh, and so we were working on this one show, and I didn't care for it or the way it was run. And things just got worse and worse and worse. I saw a lot of people really abused, uh, good writers that were fired for no reason. And eventually it was like, that's enough of that. We're out. And as soon as I, as soon as I quit that show, I basically walked into finding the I Love Lucy pilot and producing the special. And uh, it was the highest rated show of the year, and we got an Emmy nomination. So no, no regrets at all. The backstory of I Love Lucy, the first show, is one of many uh, episodes of Billy's life that he shares in his book, Get in the Car Jane, Get in the Car Jane Adventures in the TV Wasteland, available in paperback and as an ebook through Amazon.com, VanZant, Melmore.com, wherever books are sold online. You can follow Billy VanZant on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Um, one of my favorite chapters of the book is the one on nurses. Not, not because I grew up watching nurses. I mean, it was, that was one of those shows that I knew was on. It's just I never watched it. But it's a reminder that, and this kind of this kind of dovetails on what we just finished talking about. But it's, it's a reminder that sometimes a bad situation can bring good things. In this case, you met you met your future wife and the mother of your two children, Adrienne Barbeau. That's right. That's right. We were doing that show, and I was, and I had a thing in my contract that we could take our off-Broadway show Drop Dead and we can do it out here in Los Angeles at the same time, which didn't please the people at Nurses very much, but that was what we were doing. And uh, and then uh, that's where I met Adrienne, and uh, I'm still friends with everybody from that show. I was friends with Rose Marie, who just passed away, mm -hmm. and uh, Barney Martin, and uh, Craig Biarco, I just talked to him last week. Uh, so it... Uh, it, it uh, Leaving, leaving nurses was a very good move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, let's see. We, we mentioned Newhart a, a little while ago. Uh, you, you and Jane were on staff the last, uh, the, la the last season of the new, or the, the second Newhart show, and and you walk readers through a typical week of behind the scenes in Newhart, and you confirmed you confirmed several things. One of which is that Newhart never started memorizing the script until as close to taping as possible because he knew it was always going to change. Yes, and he insisted we not change the script past Wednesday night. It was a, a Monday to Friday shoot. They'd shoot the show on Friday. We'd read it on Monday prior. And by Wednesday night after that run-through, uh, we didn't touch the script because he said you've had six or eight weeks, whatever you've had to write the script, I at least get two days. <laughs> like, okay, fine. And uh, and he was great. He was just great. He he also he didn't like using the laugh track. He said people at home are stupid. They'll know if something works or doesn't work. They don't need to be told. And um, and he was very giving, making sure the other actors had as much or more to do than he did because uh, he was smart. You know, he was just such a smart way to run a show. And, and if uh, if I remember correctly, the. The, the working day on that show was, was, was relatively sane compared to 
some of the other shows you worked on, meaning... It was, it was completely insane. Normally, on a, on a TV show, you do a read-through on Monday, let's say on a Monday to Friday shoot, and then you work, as a writer, you work till maybe till in the morning. Same thing on Tuesday, same thing on Wednesday. And uh, on Friday, you, you shoot the show until it's done, and people do four or five takes of every scene, and you're there with the audience until you know midnight or something. On the Newhart show, we work from 10 in the morning till 5 at night, and that's it. Yeah. And on Friday nights, uh, we shot the show at 7 o'clock. We only did one take per scene, and, he, and Bob had a standing 9 o'clock dinner reservation down the street. And our, our, our main goal on Friday nights was, Bob has to make his reservation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but he it spoiled me because I that was my first introduction to running or working on a TV show. Yeah. And I thought this is how they're all done. This is fantastic. Well, I never did that again in forty years, whatever it's been. But because uh, they the guys running uh, Newhart, uh, Mark Egan and Mark Solomon, they worked under Bob Carroll Jr. and Madeline Davis, mm-hmm. who were the original I Love Lucy writers. Uh, they worked with them on a show called Alice. And that's how they worked by Lucy. They never worked past five o'clock. And so all their shows that they did apparently did the same thing. So it was a, because I ended up talking, I became friends with Madeline and Bob uh, after that. And um, Madeline said that their theory of this was if you can't do the job by five o'clock, you can't be very good at it. Yeah. Our guest this hour is Emmy-nominated writer-producer Billy Van Zamp. Take a quick time out. Talk some more, Billy, when we come back on TV Confidential. Attention. This important consumer alert is brought to you by the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline. Did you know it's possible to receive upfront money in one large payment from your Structured Settlement? Yes, you can. If you're receiving a Structured Settlement spread out over time and you want to access your money today, call us. It's your future cash. Why not put it in your hands today? Don't wait any longer. This is the best solution if you need money to pay your bills or even help a family member who's been affected during this global time of crisis. Everyone needs a little money right now, and our hotline is here for you. If you have a structured settlement where you're getting money spread out over time and you want it faster, call now. This simple 10-minute call can get your money now. The call is free and it costs you nothing. 800-965-7987-800-965-7987-800-965-7987-800-965-7987. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative something new funny astonishing sunset magazine says tales tall tragic and tantalizing all of this makes story salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available you can learn more about us by going to our facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, 
have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.